All right, welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Walter, what's up? Well, I've returned from a magical mystery tour. Uh, I was on the Bill Maher show last Friday. I was on the Greg Gutfeld show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, they expected little Walter Kern to lose his cool, but they didn't realize he doesn't do that. Not on, not on national television. Um, I felt a little bit I, I squeezed. Saw, I, I saw this little. There, there was a little. There was a really funny moment where you, you gave that line about um, how you know you grew up in a conservative town and all in the family was how you learned what a liberal was, and a liberal was somebody who lived rent free in Archie Bunker's house and repaid him by calling him a bigot. And I saw right. like a little flash of irritation go across Bill's face because he didn't think of that joke, um, <laughs> which I thought was, was a great compliment. Uh, yeah. So that I think it went, went very well. It was really being in the lion's den, you know, uh, I had a CNN legal correspondent to my right with all that that entails. And um, this show started off with a tribute to Norman Lear, which uh, led to the uh, um, Archie Bunker conversation. Um, she jumped in and said, said we've never had more Archie Bunkers uh, in America than we do now. Um, I, I wasn't sure where that was going. Um, was I supposed to nod, argue? Uh, I couldn't quite process it. Well, you um, didn't have to cause Bill jumped in at that point. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's a strange dynamic. Um, and, uh, at the beginning of the show or before the show, I was discouraged from interacting with, uh, with the CNN, uh, uh, correspondent mostly because i think they didn't want us to make friends um mm. therefore you know preventing sparks from flying that's a common you know that's a common tactic on shows they don't want you sort of spending your dynamism in the green room uh they want it all to happen for the cameras and i had a lot of fun i mean bill's quick it's very different than other shows in that it uh, gets you recognized in Beverly Hills. Um, you know, right. Greg, Gutfeld, Greg Gutfeld will get you, you know, recognized in Massapequa, maybe. But, uh, right, or, or uh, Wawa off I-80. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I was for the next day and a half that I stayed in Beverly Hills Christmas shopping, uh, a bona fide star, people coming up to me. I weren't, they, they said, great job. I never know what they mean by that. Uh, you know, that well, I. Well, in Hollywood, that can mean anything from I thought you were a Nazi to I would like to sign you to, you know, a six film deal. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's funny. Any kind of mini fame in Hollywood is pretty much equivalent to major fame uh, for a very short time. Um, people see possibilities in you that you never explored yourself. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I, I hope to go back. Uh, and, uh, the only thing that, um, I probably strongly disagreed with Bill on was that 
Gavin Newsom should be the next, uh, you know, Democratic nominee. Uh, that came up at the very end of the show when he announced he's going to be his first guest when they get back in January. Um, Interesting. The last, yeah, the last time I was on Mar, which was 2014, I was on with Gavin Newsom. Really? And yeah, Gavin Newsom is like a shark fin. He he parts the waters without actually touching them. He, he is a um, he's a very different breed of cat, uh, and he looks away when you talk to him, uh, as though somewhere off to his right at about ten o'clock, there's something far more interesting than you. Um, is that so, a California thing? Because I have, I mean, I don't know, or is that just the, the a a person with interpersonal issues thing the guy you know he's he's got hair that others would kill with a dull it's knife fantastic hair yeah yeah it's fantastic hair and uh he's slim and trim you know i had to diet for approximately three weeks on hard-boiled eggs and spring water in order to be presentable on the show but Gavin Newsom just walks in, plops down, and he's at his shark fin perfection. Um, so anyway, uh, but the, but that Bill promoted him so strongly and denigrated Biden so strongly at the very end of the show, maybe it was in the overtime section, suggested to me that there's a memo going around, um, and uh, they're hmm. trying they're trying something. Or about to try. Who knows? Well, yeah, who knows? I mean, but well, that leads us into the subject of the week, right? Which is this extraordinary thing that happened on Tuesday, where the Colorado State Supreme Court, in a four to three ruling, basically expelled Donald Trump from uh, the ballot in that state on the grounds that he was a participated in an insurrection. So this is a, a law that goes back to the post-Civil War period. It's designed, as is often the case, um, in the wake of some kind of a national reconciliation type situation. It was, it was designed to keep sort of former Confederates from running for the presidency or uh, running for high office. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it was designed for the situation. And even though they did have an adversarial proceeding of sorts in the lower court hearing. Um, he's never been convicted of participating in, in an insurrection against the United States. So it's a little weird that way, but it's going to go to the, the Supreme court now. And I, I don't know. First of all, Walter, what are your initial thoughts on this? Because this, this, this is on top of, you know, I, I tried to count this morning. I, my count is always is different from what the Washington Post. I think I got up to 121 when I looked at the different cases. Mm -hmm. um, but it's however many counts. It's four different indictments. Uh, he's facing God knows however many lawsuits sponsored by 19 different people uh, and organizations. And it's he's still up in the polls. And so this is what the last the last gambit. Um, what is this exactly? Well, I don't know that it's the last because I read that California is exploring a similar option. 
um, to keep him off the ballot. Well, there's 15 other states that are doing it, but the, theoretically, one rejection by the Supreme Court would eliminate all of those, I think. Who knows, Matt? I mean, uh, not only has he not been uh, convicted of insurrection, has he been charged with it? I don't know that there's, uh, out of all the cases, a single insurrection charge among them. Um, and since it appears that the California or the Colorado Supreme Court, you know, neither performed an investigation nor is capable of it, um, I don't know that they have detectives on their staffs. Um, it looks to me like some boundary busting new technique that we've not yet seen specifically designed for the unique threat that is Donald Trump, allegedly. And uh, I found it frightening, to be honest. I, I, I found it immediately frightening. I was, okay, now we get a tit-for-tat situation where uh, Republican states take the Democratic candidate off the ballot. And then what do we have? We have a kind of legal, a legal, mm, deterioration that ends in, you know, rival can, you know, rival um, ideas about who's running for president. Um, you know, was this, was this some kind of Fort Sumter, you know, where, um, well, that's the, yeah, that, that's the question. Because and, and, and uh, well, and, and, and I, I'm already seeing, you know, in chat groups and, uh, various uh, bulletin boards. Uh, how should the Republicans counter? Um, now, my suggestion would be that they don't. Um, that uh, this is th th that this was meant to um, foment a, a breakdown of order. Uh, I I don't imagine it will lead to more order. Um, so, so I, I, I'm actually a little, uh, apprehensive about where we're going now. Um, it, it, it's such a ridiculous, uh, precedent. And as I understand it, they stayed their own order. Is that correct? Until there's a Yeah, well, that's ruling? kind of standard. Okay. Yeah. To give him a chance to, to, you know, appeal to the, the higher court. But while it stayed, he then stays on the primary ballot. Is that correct? Right. But the assumption is that he's going to appeal pretty quickly because he's and he, he does have yeah. to do that because otherwise these other cases will proliferate. He's got to get the precedent from the Supreme Court pretty quickly, from what I understand. But um, but, you know, there there was a poll released this morning by. The New York Times that contained uh, some kind of amazing language in it, among other things that showed that the this decision by Colorado didn't seem to knock him down against his Republican rivals, nor did it affect his admittedly slim lead against uh, Joe Biden. But there are a couple of quotes in there that were amazing. The array of charges against Mr. Trump so far do not appear to be helping Mr. Biden politically and reservations about Mr. Biden 
are undercutting concerns about Mr. Trump's criminality. So, wait a second. The, they use the word criminality as though that's been established. Yes, exactly. Concerns about right. Mr. Trump's cr- criminality. Oh, oh, I see. Um, Ex- experts are concerned about his. People are saying uh, that. People are saying, yeah, yeah, right. I mean, right. One could go crazy litigating all the different. Uh, linguistic excesses that go on, and frankly, on both sides of, of, of this stuff. Um, but the the core of this whole thing seems to be they did all this stuff. You got Trump wrapped up in in charges. Kind of, I mean, it kind of reminds me of the the water torture tank that you put Harry Houdini in. You know, it's got like chains. Padlocks, ropes, you know, manacles, uh, you know, there's every conceivable restraint in there, uh, you know, before, you know, before the escape attempt. Um, And he's just weighed down by all these legal complications. I mean, don't forget, he's also being sued by Eric Swalwell um, and uh, Benny Thompson. You know, there's a couple of Capitol police officers are suing him for the insurrection. Um, you know, there's, there's the, the author who is suing, actually already has sued him on the, the sexual assault charge. Uh, so one would think that would be sufficient um, to go into the election season saying, you know, my opponent uh, is is currently facing, you know, 10,000 charges. Uh, uh, But the problem is, I think it just all comes back to the fact that none of this is giving Biden poll helium. And so, you know, this move, which has to have been in the works for a while, but still, it's an extraordinary move to for them to go forward with. I mean, am I underestimating the significance of this? Far beyond I, I, even. I, I don't. I don't think you're underestimating it. Uh, you know, over the course of the last year or so on this show, um, we've watched uh, not not just not specifically the uh, attacks or maneuvers against Trump, but the maneuvers against a sort of uh, open. Uh, political environment uh, intensify, uh, whether they be uh, attempts to censor and manipulate social media or these cases. And they just continue. The trend is unbroken. The, um, the escalation, as it were, into higher degrees of unprecedented action uh, continues, and uh, there's no end in sight. Uh, But there is an end in sight to the presidential election. It will occur uh, next November. And so we're watching this pressurization of the situation, you know, proceed apace. At the same time, it has a smaller and smaller space in which to, you know, in which to exist. a smaller temporal space. And so as time grows shorter and the efforts grow more intense, we can expect tension to 
to rise. Any screenwriter will tell you that when the clock is ticking and the action is rising, you're headed toward climactic action. And what that will be, we don't know. Um, and uh, we're all along for the ride. Well, let's play that out because from from where I sit, if you if you remove the likely candidate, the likely nominee of the Republican Party, the very likely nominee of the Republican Party from the ballot, yeah, yeah. and we're talking about at, you know at minimum seventy million people on the other side mm-hmm. who are inclined to vote that way. Uh, what's going to be the re- the response? To that, uh, I can't. I can't imagine that passes without some kind of civil unrest, and they must have figured that into the calculations. Um, you know, but Matt, per- perhaps we've, that's we've, part of it. But Matt, we've seen the we've seen the uh, irresistible, uh, ongoing rise of the very sorts of structures that would meet that civil unrest with um, all sorts of control tactics, um, law enforcement action, even military action in that, you know, in this, it, it, to the extent that they identify the Trump supporter with the, um, with the domestic extremist, which they've already done, they've already made them to some degree synonymous. There is a mm, there is a law enforcement or you know military response that has been prepared in plain sight. Um, how far it will go, how it will be executed, how it might be executed, we don't know. But all the you know all the places, I mean, all the pieces are on the board, um, and we're walking into a terrible situation as far as I'm concerned. Um, I personally don't expect Trump to be removed from the ballot, ultimately. I I think he will be a presidential candidate. Um, My sources in politics tell me, you know, sort of at the level of national office, that uh, it's too late to really... um, get closure on any of these legal cases in a way that would prevent him from running. But that was before the Supreme Court, uh, Colorado Supreme Court decision, which is a little bit of, looks like a little bit of a Hail Mary, I guess. I mean, I don't know that this would have happened had earlier efforts succeeded. Um, You know. The United States versus Donald Trump uh, is the drama of our time, and the rhetoric around it, the cultural side of this operation, could not be more hyperbolic as, I, as far as I'm concerned. You have people on uh, a cable news channel the other day, I can't remember which, talking about him as an avatar of the Confederacy the Confederacy. Um, You know, we're taking down a reconciliation statue, you know, in Washington, D.C., meant to, you know, 
uh, memorialize the healing of the wounds of 1865. And uh, we've got a movie. I think there's a George Clooney movie slated about Hitler, um, coincidentally, for this next year. Um, so, uh, you know, this is ultimate rhetoric. End of democracy, Hitler, the rise of the new confederacy, um, uh, combined with the legal action, combined with the um, censorship structures and, you know, law enforcement uh, preparations. Terrible brew, terrible mix. I mean, I have journalist friends on the right who look forward to a real debacle next year. I mean, and, and, and seem to have actual personal fear about it, um, you know. And, and it's starting to infect me. Infect you how? Infect me in the infect me in the sense that I feel like we're just one strange incident away from a pretext for incredibly vigorous crackdowns, um, uh, big speeches of demagogic, uh, expansive demagoguery about about the the end of our democracy. The extraordinary, the extraordinary measures that must be taken, and so on. And uh, you know, maybe America will will stick to its, uh, you know, stick to its Disney subscriptions and its Game Boys and its amazing talent for bovine complacency. But uh, I don't think that as the election approaches and people see the prospect of a kind of permanent reign of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, this, what this, if they let this stand, what they would call this in, you know, let's just say Freedom House, which does evaluations of countries, you know, gives, scores them on a level of, you know, how, how democratic they are. Uh, you know, you would get like a partial democracy score for this or, you know, like partially free or something like that. If you if you can if you do have competitive elections, but but people can be excluded, um, you know, certain types can can and will be excluded. Uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that we we we, we used to apply those kinds of uh, names to. You know the former Soviet countries, depending on where they were in their progress toward, or lack thereof, progress toward toward democracy. Uh, Ukraine and Russia um, were both sort of in that basket before the beginning of this war. Uh, I mean, this is a it, it's it's a it's a tremendously serious step to. To, to use a law like this, which was clearly not intended for for this situation, um, to eliminate somebody who 
is the leading the leading candidate for the presidency of the United States less than a year before the election, according to an assortment of polls. Um, right. And, and is certainly the leading candidate for his own party's nomination. And who has at his disposal absolutely zero real tools to combat this other than, you know, a phalanx of attorneys, um, defense attorneys, but doesn't possess, in, you know, investigative uh, tools, doesn't have a, you know, large scale media, uh, mainstream media um, alliance on his side, uh, has really nothing, finally, but his supporters. And, uh, and the technology for picking them off one by one, and picking off, you know, his media supporters has already been more than you know, uh, more than established. So, uh, you know, watch out below. Uh, what candidate can you think of in your lifetime, Matt, or even before it, who has been ruled out as a choice beforehand by the apparatus of the opposing party? Because that's what it is. I mean, you know. I mean, I think you, can, you'd have to go back to Eugene Debs to. Right to 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 to, to even have a, a near analog to this, but Debs was not going to win the election, or it wasn't wasn't you know wasn't a candidate that was let, you know in the running, or at least a, one of the front runners. I mean, he he won a lot of votes, but um, and this I, is also I, happening, of course, in an atmosphere of waning confidence in elections themselves in their fairness, in their, uh, you know, in their mechanisms, in their technological mechanisms. I mean, take away what happened in the last presidential election. We've had snafus and a kind of uh, degradation of, uh, 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 of competence in the operation of elections generally for a long time. Um, and so, you know, add that to the whole mix. Yeah. So when this happened, I, I happened to be working on a, on a story about, um, about a, a thing that is a little bit of a hobby horse for, you know, some t I guess you would call them, you know, not exactly mainstream conservative sites uh, like Revolver. Um, mm -hmm. But there's this group called the Transition Integrity Project. Uh, I, I kind of got onto them because some of the some of the people who are involved in the funding of this thing, um, there's some cross pollination with some of the anti disinformation programs, some of the same funders who were involved with Hamilton 68 and, you know, some of the censorship stuff. And so I end up looking at this thing and the TIP was this bizarre episode in 2020 that been kind of buried. Like it was even the, 
the New York Times, when they broke uh, the story of what was actually what this was actually about, they, they sort of buried the lead with this too. But there was a big media blitz in the tw- in June and July of 2020 about this group TIP that um, included some uh, John Podesta, Michael Steele, Donna Brazil, uh, you know the, the Jennifer Granholm. Uh, and a number of other folks who, of varying degrees of prominence, sort of Bill Crystal, uh, Max Boot, sort of neoconservatives and kind of Clinton Democrats were the big were the crowd, and they held a simulation. What what do we do in the event of a contested election? And this document has been kind of upheld as, uh, you know, sort of proof of a plot. Uh, by Democrats to uh, engage in, um, you know, an undemocratic uh, response to a, a Trump win because there's a moment in the simulation where uh, Trump actually wins and the Democrats refuse to accept the results and they send alternate electors to to Washington and there's there's a a lot of ironies there for a variety of reasons. But what's really, really in- so 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 the the actual results of the simulation they were uh, somebody leaked them to Ben Smith at the New York Times in August. He puts out uh, basically the worst detail, which is that John Podesta, playing the role of Biden, uh, had five Western states secede rather than concede an election to uh, to Donald Trump, and. All of this is not terribly relevant to this particular uh, moment. Hang on, hang on a second. Five Western states secede because they want to support Biden. Yes. So the, the the scenario was a popular vote win by Biden, but a, a clear electoral vote win by Trump. Mm-hmm. Biden initially concedes, retracts his concession, then Biden, who's actually Podesta. Mm-hmm. Threatens to have a five uh, a block of five states, which is called Cascadia, uh, secede from the 